Hey there, and welcome to Dear Fandom, where everything you like is terrible, and especially the stuff we're about to talk about today. And that's okay. I mean, it's it's a choice. <laughs> I'm Megan. And I'm HJ. And uh, so today, um, I'm certain uh, your everyone's episode, everyone's favorite episode, it's my favorite episode, it's uh, the one where I talk at length about my first viewing of the Matrix trilogy via breastfeeding. And uh, and then I heard about this, and I talked about this movie at the end of our la- our podcast about the Matrix, and uh, I've watched it. Everything comes full circle. That's a deep cut, by the way, it's- guys. That's <laughs> among the first like I think ten episodes we did, and we went off on a tangent about like every role and how I met your mother being played by Lawrence Fishburne. Yes, because Who does not appear Neil in Patrick film. Harris is in Matrix Resurrections. Yes, yes, that was so, the connection. Yes, so <laughs> I said I would much prefer Lawrence Fishburne in every role in How I Met Your Mother as opposed to Neil Patrick Harris in Matrix. And guys, I called it. I am not a fan. I, To be honest, I, I have not, in general, I think the, the reception is lukewarm at best like there are people who are like well i enjoy it and i do think like you should respect art for art's sake you know but also this is definitely something where um okay i made this joke to hj and it was it was a very good joke it's a very good joke as to what exactly matrix resurrections is and it's pizza bagels at a wedding that's it. It's just, it's like, yeah, I don't, I don't hate, I don't hate that this is here. Like, I'm not, I'm not against pizza bagels. I am not anti-pizza bagels. However, this is a venue that is two twenty-five per plate, and this is, this is Bagel Bites. This yeah, is we're, ta- we're talking about, ba- we're talking about Bagel Bites. We're not talking about, like, gourmet, you know, they freshly <laughs> baked the bagels that morning, and they made the marinara just the way mom used to make it. No. They no, dumped, Bagel Bites. They dumped the contents of a plastic bag <laughs> onto a tray, threw it in the oven, like, after smoking, like, two joints, and yep. then, like, Yo, like, it's... like, God intended pizza Bagel and Bites to be And the thing is, there are absolutely Bagel Bites at weddings. Let's not discount that, but this is a different... Those are, like ho- those are like hoedown weddings. Those are not. Oh. Those are like the weddings where like <laughs> there's two different there's two different plastic buckets and one's for soft drinks and one's for alcoholic drinks. Um, I I did not go to that place. <laughs> <laughs> I've been to weddings like that, and you know what? They're really fun. Honestly, they are a lot of fun. But you know what's not movie, fun? This movie. <laughs> I was about to say, I'm like, but this movie, not as fun, guys. You want to know why it's not as fun? Because I'm going to be really honest with you, it did not need to be made. This movie is is a reboot and also a sequel and also not a sequel because there's also already a sequel. So it's technically a fourth one. I, I pain my pain in my brain is so insane i cannot explain oh my god i'm rhyming <laughs> i thought you were doing that on purpose i thought that was part of your script that it was, was amazing. not part of my script <laughs> i am like pressing my eyeballs into my skull trying to explain to you guys how i watched the matrix trilogy the original matrix trilogy like about a year ago and like i was like it was one of those movies where i'd Watch it, pause it, 
and you know because I'd breastfeed for like you know 15 minutes or whatever 10 minutes and then um sometimes I wouldn't sometimes I breastfeed longer but like I would it would take me like 10 sittings to watch like all three movies so I you know it was a really like I just enjoyed like the lore of it and then this movie did absolutely nothing with regards to adding to the lore other than to like kind of progress time forward to be like, okay, so this movie is set 60 years after the events of the third Matrix. And you're like, okay, but Keanu Reeves is like in his 50s currently. Like he's almost 60. I think he's about to be 60. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so so it's not 60. He's in the Matrix again. We made the Matrix again. And it's like, no, 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 it always existed. It's like, you're trying to remember every random plot point from every fucking Matrix movie to like prior to entering the... the, your living room and watching this on HBO Max. Again, um. again, like I've made this comparison many times before, and I will continue to make. It is Charlie in the basement in It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, like trying to solve the mystery of Peppa Sylvia. It's just like the red strings. And it's looking it's fucking literally insane. except. With it, I mean, to be fair, I'm certain there are people who, like, really obsess over the Matrix trilogy and, like, the Matrix universe and, you know, the video yes, games. Yes, there the are. It's every single trans woman I know. <laughs> but you know what's so sad, though, is that by the... This fucking movie... It, okay, so honestly, that was a lot of information for me to take in, and I'm going to, like, sit for a moment. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so to kind of go on that point... Um, Many trans women I know, a lot of, like, my trans uh, femme friends have cited the first film as, like, a rewatch every year. And they're like, oh, yeah, the other ones are garbage. But, like, the first one oh, is, yeah. like, and it's, like, we lined up as teenage boy. The joke goes, um, this is something that I've seen said many times before and I just think is brilliant. Let me we hear. lined up as teenage boys to go see the film and we're lining up to see this film as adult women. <laughs> <laughs> I love that so much. I'm like, yes, you go, girls. <laughs> That's so good. I mean, okay, so here's the thing is that I love the Wachowski sisters movie. Like, I'm a big fan of V for Vendetta. Like, I think their directing style is super beautiful, super visual, super amazing. And the visual style of this film is just lacking so hardcore. It is dialed in to the umpteenth degree. I mean, bullet time is used in a way that kind of feels like it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I can do bullet time. Here's, like, a random half-ass bullet time, and here's another random half-ass bullet time. And, oh, I did something different, and now I'm going to press rewind, and now it's... It's like, it's like you know, you have higher expectations of creator because they can do better because you have seen better. And I think that's some of the issues that... Like, these are why sequels, reboots, the fourth time around fail. Well, because yeah. you have... You, as a creator, are expected to live up to the expectation of your creation and um this one wasn't directed by lily it was just lana for this one no Lily's yeah not involved lily yeah lily but i yeah lily bowed out for this one that i know because i've <laughs> i saw the trailer a few times when i went to uh, when i went to the movies and it was like from the mind of lana wachowski and i was like first of all yes second of all because <laughs> <laughs> the thing is is it was the both of them for the beginning and mm-hmm. i think that i think that they I think that their dynamic separate is fine and and together though is 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 I I think they both have a unique vision that works well together. They complement each other and a visual style effectively. And like this movie is just at the end of the day not something that I would call 
worthy of even being made, to be honest. Like, it's, it's just it's not fine. A <laughs> it's a movie. Did it need to exist? I mean, no, honestly, it didn't. I just, it's just, it's just a retread. And, like, I am, I am somebody who, like, I loved Trinity, like, very much obsessed with Trinity. And the whole conclusion of this movie, like, the big old fucking thing is that Trinity is also the one. It's not just Neo. It's Trinity. It's about them. And, like, yes, we love to see, you know, a long-term couple who've been dead for 20 years, you know, coexisting in a shared digital space. And then reuniting through locked, sealed memories of a shared trauma of a weirdly cave-like world and Lawrence Fishburne chanting and everyone kind of humping each other sweaty. And then, I'm sorry, the thread is gone, do you see? <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I'm literally trying to follow this right now. And it's, I'm like, oh, you got me. You don't have me. I'm not gone. sure where that went. <laughs> and the thing is, is I, I am of the opinion that we don't need to retell old stories to even the odds. No. We need to tell new stories, better stories, because we can. The thing is, is that new things can be created literally all of the time. Human human imagination is, is boundless, and that's what's so beautiful. And this movie, I feel like, creates such intense boundaries on The Matrix. I think these reboots and these sequels and these prequels and all this shit and these, like, multi-cinematic universes are lovely in and of the fact that, like, you can create a new form of cinema with a shared, like, like movie cinematic universe a la Marvel. It's a new thing. Sure. We love that. But with regards to the reboots, it's like, or this, it's just, I, I would, I would explain to you the plot of this movie, but the plot of this movie is the plot of the matrix, except this time Trinity, it's just the first matrix because that's the only one that's been the most successful and has the most cult following. So like, (laughs) they just, we'll stick with what we know. And then they have callbacks to the second and third ones, but it's just, it's, it is, it is the kind of thing where you feel like you're a fourth grade teacher, right? And you have this flourishing student who you've watched for, you know, you know, the last three years and you're like, wow, this is great. And then, you know, the next time you see them, they're 35 and then they're like, oh, I want to become a, you know, a, a journalist. I've written an article. Can you review it? And you're like, man, this is the same quality that I read in your, when you were in the fourth grade. Maybe try something new. Like, <laughs> and I'm not saying that obviously th- the thing is is this is weird because art is such a very subjective thing and I'm certain there are many people who love this film and like I know this feels very killjoy-y to be like oh yeah yeah no I'm not discrediting the fact that this movie obviously did did serve a purpose it does it kind of has this meta commentary on top about how uh Keanu Reeves becomes Thomas Anderson in the Matrix again. Whoa, big crazy thing. Except this time, he's more successful. And they've taken his story of the Matrix and he made a video game about it. So everyone just thinks it's fake instead of real. And like, sure, that's a little fun, I guess, uh, nuance added to the script. But it's just... It's not enough to draw me. It's not enough for, to make me go, wow, what a great social political commentary. Mm-hmm. It's just, yeah, I mean, I guess that, that when you see such craziness all the time, it's hard to take it seriously, I guess. I mean, I don't know. It's It was a very weird, like, 
it's the kind of thing where you just go into the theater and you're like, I am excited because I'm going to see Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss and Lawrence Fishburne. And they're like, not Lawrence Fishburne. And they're like, okay, not Lawrence Fishburne, but Hugo Weaving. Not Hugo Weaving. Okay, not Hugo Weaving, but um, um, uh, is there anybody else I care about in this movie? Um, <laughs> just Carrie Ann Moss like seven times. Yeah, it's just Carrie Ann Moss, about. and they don't even allow her a fight scene until almost two hours into the runtime. <sighs> I mean, yay, girl power! Woo, she flew because that's the thing is, is so N- Neo is the one. That's why his name is Neo because it rearranges to one. One. Whoa, what a literary device we have here. Um. Amazing. <laughs> English majors hate me. <laughs> English majors hate her. Like, that was ass. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, I, so to make Trinity share his power is weird. It's an odd choice. It's, it kind of, to be honest, just, just kind of sours how unique Neo is, you know? Um, it kind of makes it feel, it kind of feels very, uh, much like, so Neil Patrick Harris plays a program who finds the dead bodies of Neo and Trinity and is like, hey, I can bring these back to life with robots. And so he does. And then he just brings them back to life and he puts cool. them both in the matrix for funsies. Fun. Because they're the one. They're the one. Not, not him them and it's like i i like i do love stories that that show a couple and how the dynamic of the couple change as they age as a couple and like one of my favorite examples is like robin wright and uh kevin spacey in house of cards Mm -hmm. but i don't watch house of cards anymore because i don't support that shit so i won't recommend it but it's something similar if you guys remember that So it's, but that's a, that's something you enjoy to see. You see the growth of the relationship, but none of the Matrix movies have been like heavily about the dynamics of their relationship other than like, they're fucking, they're in love, they're hot. They both have short black hair. We're here for it. (laughs) (laughs) They both look like kind of weird versions of the same person. Like they took the Sim model and they went male, female, print, you know, like it's not weird. I, I mean, there's a reason behind that. Like, yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely it is. But I'm just saying that if it was intentional from the beginning, because that's the thing is, is I feel like when these 12 year, 18 year sequels come out, you're like, okay, is this just adding on to your additional? Because like, you're absolutely allowed to add on and explore your universe and create new things. But you need to, at least as the author of the universe, you've already established a character relationship between Neo and Trinity. And not to say that it's not like a good, you know, it's a, it's a relationship. It's just not a very deep one. It's just, they're together. They support each other. She supports him, but he does all the fancy stuff and she shoots people in the back. And you're like, cool, awesome. Trinity's here. Yeah, she's not the damsel in distress. We're, we're hyped for it. But <laughs> it's not, it's I, I just feel- kind of, I feel that we could get, more so out of so they introduced a new character named Bugs short for Bunny I guess and they're like uh, Jessica Henwick is the actor who plays them and like love love Bugs Bugs is like got blue hair in the Matrix very like Gen Z into the Matrix I guess mm-hmm. um, I guess yeah 
I guess. Uh, <laughs> but it's definitely, again, like, I feel that my argument is mostly just, it's fine. It's just not really something that I would feel would warrant the, the like the studio's money. Like, let's give Lana and Lily money to make a movie that they haven't made yet. You know, like create something of your own will, like whatever you want, create that. Like, I'd love to watch you direct, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, I, the thing is, I com- I completely agree with you, but like, here it comes. Here comes bringing capitalism into everything. We're doing it. Yes, um. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready for capitalism to ruin it. Let's go. Okay, so the reason that original films are not being made or more original films are not being made and if original films are being made, they're not being seen, is because major studios want a guaranteed return. Mm-hmm. They want, if you, if, it's very much a situation of, hi, Lana, if we give you however many millions of dollars, please create a thing that will give us profit. You will be able to profit, but the profit, most of the profit will go to us, right? Because we are the producers and the backers of your project. Yeah, and, and you know, I'm literally sitting here just like, yeah, and I mean that's what's happening to Broadway, that's what's yeah. happening to TV, that's what's happening to films. Everything is an adaptation of something that has already been written, a reboot of something, a sequel to something, or you know, all these very unnecessary additions to works um, that have already existed i mean you know stranger things is a great example of this Uh, we're gonna do an episode of stranger things at some point yeah i think we'll do it we'll we'll do an episode right before the next season comes out exactly yeah but um stranger things was originally supposed to be an anthology series that was the intention it was called called montauk and it was supposed to be an anthology series where every season was self-contained oh kind of like american horror story like american horror story Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, they, they may not even use the same actors, you know, just the yeah. same, same overall concept, um, or same town, something connecting them, but completely different stories, all self-contained and, uh, anthologies. But because the first season was so successful, they developed that story past the point where it could really be developed. Like it's gone. I love Stranger Things and I will keep watching it, but it is I think we can all agree it's gone off the rails. <laughs> I mean, and that's, and see, that's the, that's where this issue of, I mean, this has been a, I think this is very interesting for this issue to hit on with Matrix specifically. Yeah, right. But this has been a big issue for like a lot of things. A lot of unnecessary reboots are made. A lot of unnecessary sequels or films because they are made under the assumption that they will bring in money and they will. And the thing is, do you know that the Matrix Resurrections actually brought in, like, I think it was a hundred mil, which was not, which was obviously means it's at a loss. But yeah, the thing is with Spider-Man No Way Home is technically, I mean, I haven't seen it, so no, I, this can't be a spoiler, but it's like a reboot sequel in the same movie, and everyone and their fucking, like, family went, yep, mm-hmm, I agree, we're going to watch it now. And Matrix is sitting there like, I am also a reboot and a sequel, and they went, yeah, but they did it better. And they did do it better because they did it bigger. <laughs> they, that's the that's the thing. I mean, it's just going to be another Avatar, 
Like, who remembers what Avatar was even about? It grossed about a billion dollars, like Spider-Man No Way Home did. Yeah. And no one's going to remember Spider-Man No Way Home in, like, five years. It's a moment. It's not about... The thing that I think for right now, the movies that are on everyone's consciousness are always the classics. You have your original Star Wars trilogy, though the prequels are pretty, like, you know, popular now. Um, with Matrix, like, obviously the original Matrix has always been very popular. And, you know, sometimes you'll have, like, you know, big supporters of the second and third ones. But this one, this fourth one, was getting a lot of hype when it was announced. Like, we were talking about it a year ago, a little bit over a year ago. Mm -hmm. And, like, we were, I mean, the jokes were so choice. And, like, it's just so, it's so silly because the Matrix is such... It's, I love poking fun at how far and boundless imagination can run with regards to creation of films, film universes. And the Matrix universe is crazily diverse and I just, there's so much exploration that could be done. And if you, instead of just being like, like, okay, if you're just only going to keep Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss here's what you should do. You shouldn't set it 60 years in the future. You should set it 6,000 years in the future. Like, give us a whole new group. Everything, like, they're all myths. Nobody's ever seen Neo. It's a long time away. Because the thing is, is 60 years is weird. It's not something that, like... Like, okay, 60 years is a long time ago, and I would not have remembered it. Neither would anyone, like, my mother wouldn't even remember it. But in terms of myth, it's not a myth. It's just a lifetime of someone ago, probably. You know, like, someone who's in their 80s would remember 60 years ago. I mean, people, people right now who are in their 60s remember 60 years ago. I mean, the Beatles were 60 years ago. And that's the thing is, is that because that's not that that far away. Exactly. It's not enough space to give. I think a new plot chance no, to rise. Fuck no. Yeah, six thousand six hundred years in the future. Six thousand years in the future. I mean, what does it matter? It's all machines and made up anyway. Do you by by doing only sixty years because Keanu Reeves is almost sixty, like you're like, oh, okay, we'll 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 make him have only aged twenty years, but we'll say it's sixty years. You can still make him age 20 years, just make it longer. Me, as a, the thing is, audiences go into the movies already suspending belief. They're like, yeah, I pretend Leonardo DiCaprio's not a douchebag in this film. As long as you, as long as you build, as you inform, like, it's like informed exposition works yes. amazingly well in films. If you establish, okay, this character is X many years old, it doesn't matter what they look like. You no, believe no. this this character could look like a child, but they are five thousand years old, and like the audience will believe that. I I'll mean, it's it. done all the time in anime. That's the yeah. thing is, is that we as consumers of fiction, and that's the thing is, we are consumers of fiction. At the fiction. end of the day, all of this is fiction, and fiction has the limit of as Nothing. long as it is not true, it is fiction. And that is a beautiful boundary. Yeah, All think- you have to do is avoid the truth. And there you go. And I love that. But I think that The Matrix Resurrections is a case, like just a case to make for maybe we've reached the, the peak of I need more sequels. I need more reboots. The thing is with Spider-Man No Way Home is it's establishing a cinematic unit. It's part of an established cinematic universe in which it's almost like it's trying to change out as 
change out its actors as like the Yankees change out like their star players. You know what I mean? And it's just like there's a changing of the guard and like everybody moves around. And wow, look at Tom Holland. Look at him. Everybody loves him. He's dating Zendaya, who was in a movie with Timothy Chalamet. (laughs) Chalamet. Um, Well, the one example I can think of that is a reboot series that has always worked. Replacing actors, replacing plots is James Bond. Think about it. Think about it. That is because the, they've established within universe that 007 is a code name and not necessarily a person. And 007 isn't a plot. 007 is just a job. It is a job. It is a it is a job with a set a, of responsibilities. Which and, therefore a job has no prerequisite description. Yeah, and that's why that's why James Bond as the actor playing James Bond can change. Yeah, because, I mean, and the thing is, is, again, using the lens of today on older properties like James Bond, you can absolutely just go, oh, okay, so yeah, 60 years ago, James Bond would only strictly be played by men. But in general, if James Bond were a real position within a real, uh, what was MI6, right? Uh, uh, Yeah. Yeah, I've never seen a James Bond movie, guys. Um, They're good, you should. Oh, I've seen like half of of one of them with Judi Dench in it. She was nice. She had short hair. She looked pretty. I I think there was a house on fire. I think she was nearby. I'm not sure if she was in it. Um, this isn't she, about she, was, she wasn't. She she played M for a number one of them. Anyway, oh, yes. but but the point is, is that there's like as times move on and change, absolutely more qualified candidates. Like the the pool of qualified candidates increases because you realize that oh, I can have many pools of candidates because I will no longer use race or religion or gender or sexuality as a barrier for hiring because we as a society are moving forward correct mi6 (laughs) right so i wanted to touch on a point um that you made before i just wanted to like get that james bond thing out there to get that thought in your head oh yeah yeah um i i like it i'm excited Ooh, i love discussions right (laughs) so the thing i think about like i absolutely think you're right we're done with sequels we're done with reboots and resurrections as this film is called yeah but i think especially with this series because i think the problem is that this this should have been one film this should have been one film they knocked it out of the park the first time they should not have expanded on it leave they should have left it open-ended i agree i think that in general uh i don't i i you'd be hard-pressed to find someone who who has I mean, obviously, you're going to have people who go, The Matrix is dumb. And you'll go, oh, when, when did you watch it? And they will, will go, um, I don't know. So for the people who have watched it, it's a good film. It's a good film, good cinematography, good directing, good script, great acting. Keanu Reeves is well cast. Lawrence Fishburne is phenomenal. Carrie Ann Moss is well used. Like, she's not, I mean, listen, it's, again, it's just something that at the time... I was a child, so there's not a way that I can, like, explain to you, like, how it was being received by people who were older than me. But I can tell you that it was a cultural landmark. Absolutely. It definitely explored the idea of, like, for me, the idea of black leather was not a sexual thing. It was like a cool goth cyberpunk thing because 
I was a child exposed to the Matrix and I didn't see any sexuality in it. I saw the fashion aspects of it. Well, yeah, I think that's like, you know, do you remember during our, like, her improv uh, when we were doing children's theater when someone when someone would shout Matrix? Like, yes. at three people, and, like, you'd have to imitate the moves from the movie. None of yes. us had ever seen it. Oh, but, no, no. Yeah, yeah. It was like, exactly what to do. Yeah, we all did the, you know, the Keanu Reeves bending backwards, and, like, two guys, like, one guy would be, like, doing the, the pretend guns or whatever. Honestly, it was just something that, it was, it was part of the culture. Like, it was just, in America, in the 90s, like, late 90s, early 2000s, that was the thing. If you were a kid, had you seen The Matrix? Maybe, if your parents were cool. <laughs> yeah, and I think, seriously, I think the reason that, uh, right now, like, it is oft parodied and made fun of, but, you know, like, I can imagine that, like, if you were older and, like, when it came out at the time, like, nothing else like it even existed nothing and like imagine how it felt for lana and lily to make that movie you know know. that must have been a beautiful process for them i i mean the thing is is i think it was a beautiful process because the movie came out so well and i think that they were able to tell their story in a way that they felt safe and happy and like you can see it just in the characters and the characterizations and everything and it's so good and this is just like it's literally it's it's like if lana and lily were recounting their coming out story for the 400,000th time and they're just like keanu reeves like sad keanu you know just sitting at a computer going Yep, and uh, that's the Matrix, and yep, the huh, yeah, I've been talking about this for like twenty years now, guys. Like, <laughs> like what? Okay, like think about it though. Like, what a flex to be like. Well, you know, like somebody asks you, well, like, how did you come across your identity? How did you come out? And literally just handing them a DVD and walking away. And just being like, please watch this. Yes, and exactly. Like, and and the thing is, with Keanu Reeves, it's kind of the equivalent. It's just like download the video game and figure out his like. Part of the story is he goes up to 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 Trinity, except she's in the Matrix, so she's Tiffany. You know, because we're hiding now, guys. Um, I'm sorry, I can't. I can't. Guys, if uh, Trinity were in the Matrix, how would we hide her from Neo? Uh, let's name her Tiffany. Yeah, let's write that down. Um, also, that joke is also in this. Like, the thing is, the movie has a group of game devs, like, sitting in a room, and they're like, all right, how do we make the Matrix better? And they're like, okay, so, like, everyone really, really loves cats. So, like, like let's put cats in the Matrix. And they're like, yeah, 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 we have the deja vu. Like, and it's just to the point where you, as the viewer, are like... I don't know if I want to rip my ears off and shove them down my throat so I never hear again because this is the most inane, like, like uh, marketing mumbo jumbo. And then the other part of you is like, maybe this is like really meta and I'm just not understanding it. And I'm just angry because I don't understand the meta jokes. And then part of me is like, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going home. Lana, thank you so much. Lana, I will Lana, be staying for Lana. snacks. Babe. I'm so sorry. Thank uh, I, you. <laughs> I know you just put the kettle on. Oh my god, you're so sweet. Oh, sweet. I love you. I, I just, my Uber just pulled up though. So let's rein check. Okay. Um, how about next time we uh don't do the matrix? Like we could do like anything else, like literally anything you want. As long as it's not a Matrix. Or a V for Vendetta or a, a property that you've already made. Um. And the thing is, it's like, the th- what drives me insane is that, like, I mean, V for Vendetta was a comic book, but 
Lana has had really successful original ideas since then. Like, Sense8 was unbelievably successful. I actually have not seen Sensei, but so I have good. Seen, oh I've God. heard from coworkers. It's so good. You know, the coworkers, like, you're always like, oh, yeah, we got to do the Netflix roundup. Um, Netflix roundup. <laughs> so I was told about Sensei, and then it was can't like it was canceled or like it's been. Is it completely finished or is it okay? Canceled? So they so they canceled it prematurely, and fans were like, oh hell no! People were as a protest, so they made a two hour movie that wrapped up everything. All right. So, okay. Well, so I love it's, this. A, it's like a mini series, basically. It's That's how you make capitalism win, guys. Just complain about... Well, no, don't... Because you know what? Sometimes it doesn't because there was that eighth season of Game of Thrones. Sometimes capitalism doesn't win, guys. Um, oh, my God. But, but only in the cases of Game of Thrones and, like, you know, when two, like, very narcissistic people take on capitalism, then they both fail, you know? It's exciting for everyone. Um, except the fans and people who love the property. So it's actually everyone loses today. Um, we, we will eventually do that episode. I like, I, it's going to take a, it's got to be like such a, cause I, I had planned on my first episode for this podcast being about Game of Thrones and it's just so disappointing. Matrix Resurrections is disappointing. Absolutely not to the level of uh, Game of Thrones. The thing is because Matrix Resurrections isn't disappointing because, uh, like, it, it definitely does not feel like it takes itself seriously. It just feels, like, very much like, all right, yeah, I guess this is a solid B. Yeah, okay, like, you didn't fail the class and you didn't really pass it. But, like, yeah, I mean, cool, I guess. Like, yeah, yeah, Jonathan Groff's in this. He's fun, isn't he? He's doing an, he's doing an impression of Hugo Weaving. Isn't that cute? Look at him. Hi, John. Hi. Yeah, like, he's, like that's what it feels like. like. Everything. Jesus Christ. Anyway, that's irrelevant. I just like would like to note. It's like, damn, Johnny, love you. Making a name for yourself. Why are you doing these things? Oh, oh, oh. I know. So, okay. So basically, what happened was Jonathan Groff. I'm not telling you that this is a fact. I'm just saying that this is a theory. Great. So that, it's fact. Awesome. So, okay. So what does Jonathan Groff and Leia Michelle have in common? Um. Uh, Spring Awakening. Awakening. Yeah, right. I was, I was going to be like being annoying. <laughs> <laughs> right, correct. However, there was some kind of witchcraft performed in that cast. I can guarantee you that Leia Michelle was popular and good immediately following Spring Awakening up until whenever she, I guess people were like, hey, she's not fun to work with. Have you guys ever worked with her? And they were like, yeah, she's bad. And, and then, like, her, you know, her star died. And as it died, Jonathan Groff's rose with a fiery vengeance. Of a thousand sons. Well, if a thousand sons mind hunter. <laughs> he's probably the more talented of the two of them. I mean, like. But it's is- definitely really interesting how she was very popular immediately following Spring Awakening. And he was very popular immediately as soon as she wasn't. Well, if you think, well, to kind of drag it a little bit back to um, Matrix, Res- Matrix Reservoir, the Matrix conglomerate the other MCU. Um, <laughs> the Matrix conglomerate unit, yeah. Because <laughs> fuck <laughs> um, Keanu, it's like, Carrie Ann Moss, I, like, when I think of the Matrix, of course I think of Keanu Reeves, but I also think of Trinity. Like, Trinity is, like, a character that really stands out to me because of that classic look, the short dark hair, the sunglasses, the long black trench coat. But yeah, she I mean, didn't Carrie do Moss, terribly much I, I mean, after that, did she? 
Well, okay, so not that I'm like a huge Carrie Ann Moss fan, but Carrie Ann Moss. She was Moss, in Chocolat. I do know she that. She was in Chocolat as uh, like Alfred Molina's secretary. She was in uh, Memento as uh, the guy, Guy Pierce's. Um, uh, Something I you know what uh, I don't really remember Memento uh, other than the tattoos and you know the the big ending uh, with regards to Carrie Ann Moss she's in that as well um what else is she in um oh yes she was in freaking um Jessica Jones I she was in Jessica, Jessica Jones as, as Jerry oh my God she's phenomenal she's okay so Jerry she's got she's a high powered attorney short black hair lesbian we love we're here we're happy oh my god jessica jones is why are we why are we remaking uh matrix or rebooting matrix why are we not doing some more jessica jones shit guys like this is the sadness these are the sad things that i feel because carrie ann moss is great at roles like you know that I think have a strength that is both physical and also like an emotional mental strength yeah. as well. But to be a, not to take the wind out of your sails yeah. with this one a little bit, but that is also an adaptation. That is not an original idea made for television. Like No, you're right. Yeah. You know, well, like I, it, it's a step away for, I would love more Jessica Jones stuff, but like true. it's a step, it's because it's a step away from like, like beating a dead, beating a dead horse, which is what I think we're actually we've been dancing around. For the <laughs> no, you're right. It's I'm literally looking at this. Okay, so she's actually very active. She's gonna be in her. Oh, so uh, Horizon is a video game s series. They're just making the second one. It's called Forbidden West. Uh, it's coming out yeah. uh, in the next few months. Uh, mm -hmm. She's gonna be a character in it, which is super cool. That's um, I. So she's in Jessica Jones, Jerry, but Jerry in the comics is actually a, a lot of, a lot of, uh, what I'm realizing is a lot of books, like a lot of comic book adaptations that are kind of exploring like specific character worlds. They are changing like characters because like, it's just like 30 white dudes. Oh my God. <laughs> it's so rough. And the thing is with the matrix, uh, resurrections that I will give it credit and the, but you know what? It's always been the matrix. The matrix has always been like, Hey, can you can you believe how many like not white people are on this earth? Like, and wild. I want to I just want to say that this is something that hit me recently. But so the Matrix is this big, beautiful, cushy life. Right. But mm -hmm. let's be honest, if you are living in poverty or like, let's say you're somebody who's a service worker and you're just getting yelled at all fucking day, every day. Bugs, the character of Bugs is a window washer before like she is awakened or like by, uh, by uh, Neo, watching Neo like fly or whatever. And like, so like, if you think about it, Zion and eventually Io is populated by lots of people from a lot of the lower positions. Like in terms of like, you've got like anybody who's below the poverty line, I'd say is very willing to leave the matrix. You honestly, you do not have to give much of like a speech. <laughs> yeah, they're like, fine, I will live in. I'm sorry, my student debt is gone. You, I'm sorry, I, I don't have to, I don't have to worry about owning a home at all. It's like communal living. I'm done, go, where, plug me, where, where do I go? <laughs> Imagine I have 150k of student debt. You're telling me it's fake? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but I'm telling you the whole world is fake. But specifically, the debt is fake. I mean, it's part of the world, so yes, it is fake. God, and like you're telling me it will be fake if I jump into this phone booth with you and go up to the like sky planet, whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fuck yeah, sign me the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, it's like 
You could give me a basic. De- I feel like there are a lot of people who would. You could give a basic definition of the world outside. They'd be like, yeah, so it's the robot wars, and you're like, okay, but it's not McDonald's. No. All right. <laughs> like I'm not in. I'm not in an abusive or dangerous situation. Exactly. No, that's, like there's that's there's, not real. I mean, that's the thing is that. I can't, I could not guarantee that there wouldn't be a dangerous situation in the uh, wars with the robots. However, there would be a clear side, there would be a clear alliance. You'd have this clear, strong group of people that you'd be. Yeah, you would not be alone in that situation. No, not at all. And you'd be finding a lot of people who come from similar walks of life who all join in this because they feel there's, I mean, there's an honor in knowing what the real world is. And I feel like in general, in addition to The Matrix being a story about, you know, trans identity, it's also a com- like a commentary on, you know, it's easy to join The Matrix if you have not a lot to lose with regards to, like, it, in terms of, that's why it's easy, like, with all these strikes and these resignations, okay, yeah, I'll just, like, like people have saved up money. Like, they realize, like, money is something that you can stockpile a bit of, and, like, you're like, okay, I'm gonna fucking figure it out, because you guys think you have all the power, and it's this, it's kind of, in a sense, like, awakening yourself with regards to realizing your own power within a collective, like workers, like the anti-work movement, like the Great Resignation. This is all good shit, because it's it for me it like it I feel like it reminds me very hardcore of the the people on Zion the people who gave up the Matrix because they wanted to fight for that Earth back you know yeah like that's the same kind of spirit I'm talking about there if you like uh, yeah I completely agree like this is that is a point that I was going to make and you like just took the ideas right out of my head like I love love this hive mind we have going on perfect it's perfect um. But yeah, like, if you break someone's spirit enough, they're not gonna fucking care. Like, throw the worst at me. I don't care. Like, oh yeah, all these striking workers, the great resignation, a lot of people who are, like, a lot of older people who are quitting their, or who have been, you know, furloughed or whatever, are just not going back to work. Yeah. they're like, what is the fucking point? They're really, the thing is, is that's, this is it, is that this is your life. The Matrix is this, you know, this idea of, you awaken to your reality. And like way too many people don't understand that like this is reality in front of us. What we all can see is our reality and you can see injustices occurring every day. And you realize as, as an individual, the power you have, your the voice you have is small, but you find people who agree with what you think. You find collectives who can help. And eventually like you find large movements because it takes large movements in order to ke- create sustainable change or even just a sustainable force to fight back against the powers that be like with the matrix you have all of these humans existing so with the end of the trilogy like neil becomes like robot jesus and and like they absorb him i guess or whatever the fuck it is and peace is made between robots and humans the end yay so since peace was made in the 60 years since uh, robots and humans have begun to work together to try and make the earth more habitable. Uh, like a whole bunch of like advancements have occurred, but now what is occurring is there is factioning amongst the robots. And it's just, what happens is, is this plot becomes so contrived so quickly when you have so much shit that, that a big world will have. You will absolutely have territory battles between robots on planet earth because there's a finite level of space. But do I give a fuck? Like... 
Yeah. How much am I invested in a robot? Like, come on. Come on, guys. You, I, I literally, at the end of the third Matrix, I went, so he's, he's robot cheese? Like, I literally am sitting there holding my four-month-old going, like, looking at my husband going, is, is it, is he robot? Is he, is he, a G, is he Jesus? Is he, is he, a, I'm conf- wait, can you rewind it? Like, I feel like, I feel like the idea, like, the idea they had was super great. It's like holding a ripe banana in your hands. You squeeze it a little too hard because you get kind of excited and then just whoop. And just oh like, my God. It's literally like a death grip on a banana and you watch it melt and squish yes! out of your palm. <laughs> and you're just like, no, I love bananas. I fucking love bananas. <laughs> As the as all of the bananas squeeze out of the peel, and all you're left with is shaking a peel that's dripping banana, and you go, "Look at the Matrix Resurrections, ma'am! Why are you crying? <laughs> I please leave this Wendy's. I, I am, I am disappointed in the fact that this needed to be made. I think I, I continue to be disappointed that more sequels and prequels and reboots and sequels and everything. And the Disney company owns all, and I will soon be taken out. <laughs> but, well, I mean, if you think about it, if you, oh God, if you like, think about it, the Disney fucking... company will do it in three, two. <laughs> I, I, I had the worst kind of galaxy brain thought that <laughs> about what, like, what if the Disney company are the robots and we're all like, Honestly, the thing is, the beautiful thing about The Matrix is it can be interpreted in so many different amazing ways, but it just sucks balls because there's just (laughs) so... Tell me how you really feel. (laughs) I'm just fucking upset that these movies keep getting made. It's not even The Matrix's fault. You know what, Lana? It's not on you. It's not on you. But I am fucking tired. Me and you watch a Batman commercial for like the 30,000th fucking Batman and I'm sitting there and you're sitting there and we look at each other and we're like, this is... I've heard he's in the lighthouse and like that seems like a really cool weird fucking movie and like the thing is is I'm noticing TV shows are absolutely exploring I feel more so original content than TV is movies the next are. frontier I completely agree with you TV so, is the next frontier it is a lot more original content is coming out on TV and I can tell you that most TV shows I watch I've never seen something like it before and I'm always blown away by the the content on uh, certain content on streaming services obviously that it sometimes it does get oversaturated but movies are fucking they are literally just l after l after l after l after l as the as the youngins say they're just like it's just no no w no dubs there's no wins there's just so many fails it just it's not a great time to be a moviegoer i was at the nail salon and I listened to a lady and she was like, oh, God, no. Yeah, me and my husband don't watch movies. Like, it's just it's like, how do I have that much attention? Like, it's got to be like 45 minutes less. And I'm just sitting there and I'm like, I'm like looking at my nails and I'm like, I don't disagree. <laughs> I, I don't disagree because nothing, there have been so few films and like this Resurrections, I will not watch it, you know. Because it's, the, it's I did, literally I did just not, not like, worth it. It's, a, it's like a movie Ma- you put on in the background at a party. Yeah, I did not like Matrix 2 or 3. Um, I sat and watched through those. And it's so rare to find something that captures my attention for a full hour and a half, full two hours, whatever. Like, I can think of, like, two films that have done that for me recently. Yeah, And that's yeah. the French Dispatch and Encanto. Like, two completely different sets. Two original ideas. <laughs> yes. And that's the thing is, is I... 
miss originality. To go into a movie and not know what I'm about to see and not know who the characters are and not know the story is a beautiful feeling and I don't get to experience it enough nowadays. Mm-hmm. And I, I'd say that while, you know, I'm certain that the movie's fine in its own right, it's not, it's nowhere near like a room situation. It's just, it's just, a, a you know, a case of how originality and, and creativity are losing in a, in a war against money and both aren't real. But one is way more real than the other. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's not the one you think. Money, in, in terms of the value money has, I mean, you can see it. No, I mean, this is about to go into a weird tangent. But the point is, is that creativity is something that is so heavily valued. The Mona Lisa is only worth something because it was painted by the person with talent. If somebody else who didn't, like, it's just, it's hard to explain that creativity should not have a monetary value and you shouldn't be able to ascribe a certain value to certain kinds of creative ventures. You should just let artists create art and sometimes it will be good and sometimes it will be bad. And that is how art functions. It's like a sport. Sometimes you're on your game and you're fucking Duncan and whatever. And sometimes you suck and it's the same thing. And we are not allowing art to fail enough because we are treating money as if it is a finite resource and it's not. God, that is such a good point. Like let a flop happen. Let somebody try something and let someone, let it not be a success. You can let make more you... money with a flop with a hit. Exactly. <laughs> we God. can do it. We can do it. <laughs> and I mean, like, I mean, that musical was adapted from a film, but like it was adapted by the same dude who made it. Was, wait, it was his a... idea. That's he did so... all three. He directed all, he was involved with all three. He did. He did. That's a perfect, because it's Mel Brooks directed the original, Mel Brooks directed the stage show, and he directed the remake. Uh, okay, that's it's it. His, Those are the rules from now on. Idea, it's, it's Mel that's Brooks rules. Idea. It's Mel Brooks rules from now on when it comes to reboots and remakes. Sam Raimi, I'm looking at you. All right, we can go home now. Meeting adjourned. <laughs> and just that is such a good point. I think about, um, you know, creativity should not be given like random monetary value. Like nothing should be worth more than anything else. You know, you know what? In a monetary. Next, and I think that the, the the Wachowski sisters could have done the exact same thing, but they chose not to. So we got to respect that and stop asking them to make fucking movies. For real. Let right? them make other things. Let them make other things. Let let artists do what they want to fucking do. Because otherwise you end up with people like J.K. Rowling. We jumped a lot over here, guys, okay? We're all over the place. But what the most important thing to remember is, is this episode encapsulates the most, I think, of Dear Fandom that I've, like, spoken that we've, thus we, that far That we've about. done in a while. Like, we, we went buck wild this it's episode. It's great. But, like, I think it's for me and you. I think we both, like, get so... You get oversaturated with these reboots, with these remakes. Like, come on, give me something original. This is why I watch so much YouTube. Because it's just takedowns of the same content. And I love watching takedowns of content. Because a lot of content just... There's no authenticity when it comes to the story with these very obvious ploys for your money yeah that's why they're just releasing them on streaming services now guys if it was that much money they'd just make you pay for it like they did with spider-man exactly like tv tv and youtube are really the next frontiers when it comes to original content because you know with the ability to take it into your own hands now 
and you can sh- shoot a film on a cell phone. Like, it's, it's, honestly, art is something that I think is now becoming like, it's, it's, it's just a thing that people can have access to. And I think they have an understanding of that. I don't think people are given enough credit to mm-hmm. how much we like the collective understand whether or not they like a movie or not. And like, yeah, you'll have people who will go and see a movie and they'll go, I didn't like it. And then they'll explain to you why they didn't like it. And you'll go, Oh, well I interpreted it a different way. I had a similar experience with a family member. And then my family member went, Oh, I didn't look at it that way. But that's, what's so beautiful about art is it's interpreted so many ways and you should be able to discuss art. But if it's the same old story, because that movie that my aunt and I were discussing was an original film. So. <laughs> I mean, my mother my mother and I had a similar conversation about Knives Out, which is a film I love and I've seen Knives times. Out is lovely. There was, the thing is, is if we want to invest in good stories, we need to invest in good screenwriters. I remember we were investing in Diablo Cody for a while and everybody loves Jennifer's body now. Wow, look at that. Like... It, it, got, it got so bombed for no reason. It is such a good movie. <laughs> Well, do you remember how it was marketed? It was marketed... Well, to be fair, Matrix was also marketed as a weird leather fetish thing. Yeah, it was marketed as a weird, like, sexy movie, and it was not about that. I mean, for, like, a moment it was. Like, just in the beginning when, like, Trinity's in, like, the club, in the leather club. But they're there because it's considered, like, the seedy underbelly of the city. And, like, it's all about, you know, like, see... Like, ooh, wow, we're operating in the shadows, and everything's code, and everything's green and black. We love it. Like... Ooh, but it's just... It's... It's... Now we need to... I think... I, not that we're not, I mean, you and me aren't going to stop talking about reboots and remakes and, and reshoots and whatever, because it's always going to happen. I it's, will continue to yell about it. Absolutely. <laughs> Ad infinitum. But here's what I'm hoping are reboots and reshoots and remakes and towards. It's going towards, you know, shooting like books again. Like you took, not shooting books, don't shoot books. No. Um, but, you know, like filming like book adaptations, like, you know, but, you know, not something that's already been filmed. Like, if somebody already made a movie version of, of like, a book, maybe try a different book by the same author. Or, you know, leave it alone. Don't do Matilda. Don't do a sequel to Matilda. Don't touch Matilda whatsoever. I just feel like there are certain things that, like, when I think about reboots and reshoots, I'm like, Matilda's the top of that list for, I think, half the, like, world. Yeah. Like, Matrix is also on that list. We're done. No more. We're good. Give us a weird Animatrix again. Sure. Love those. Oh, God. The Animatrix gave me fucking nightmares. Well, um, we don't love them. But regardless... No, it's, a, it's cool. I watched it when I was an adult. But I watched oh, it when well. I was way too young. And, like, it was, like, gory and gross and, like, scary. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Definitely there's... Uh, I, I think a, an adult lens does make gore look a bit different. Um, But that's neither here nor there uh, when it comes to the Matrix. Yeah. Uh, this was fun, though. This was super fun. Oh my God. I feel so jazzed. Right? Um, I'm like, whoa, we just talked about some stuff. And like, we as consumers of media and commenters of media were like, hey, here's something I'm not super appreciative of, but I'm not saying I don't appreciate art as a whole. I'm just saying maybe we could take those funds that we are using to make the 18th Batman and instead say, hey, 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 what about, what about not doing it? What about spending it on somebody else? 
you can't be superlative about everything all the time. Like, nothing exists in a vacuum, and nothing is, like, free from criticism. No, absolutely not. And you know what's so lovely is that I think you and I both follow what what our ideas are. Like, I think that eventually people are just going to get real fucking bored of these reboots, these reshoots, and these remakes. And they're just going to stop going to see them. Because they're never ever going to hold the nostalgic value that the originals will no i'm so sorry movie studios everywhere no one will ever hold your shitty remakes in the same value that they hold their originals i agree and that isn't to say that you know uh the the writers you hire or the directors you hire or the actors you hire aren't good at what they do it's just maybe give them something difficult to try because that's the point of it like why why just watch the same boring shit all over doesn't this feel like the matrix at that point <laughs> wow what a note to end on that's incredible like thank you thank job. you um okay, thank you so- for coming to my ted talk about <laughs> matrix resurrections we've we visited a lot of places with today that, with, <laughs> that, with some commentary by me um <laughs> So uh, we're back on a regular posting schedule. We're going to be doing, uh, because we are uh, busy adults with busy lives and Megan is a parent, uh, yes. we're going to be doing every two weeks an episode will come out, except yeah. if we mention that we're going to skip a week. So um, expect the next episode. Um, you, this one will be coming out February 14th and expect the next one on the 28th. Wonderful. I am excited to listen with everyone and also... Uh, comment uh, and like, as like stop listening and be like, nope, I sound terrible. I gotta take a break and walk away. <laughs> <laughs> you are fine and dandy, my love. All uh, right, thank you, everyone. Mask up, be safe, and we'll see you soon. Bye. See you soon. Bye.